0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Why did Jesus come into the world? Why did he become a baby? Was this God's plan right from the very beginning, Colin? We are, of course, looking at Isaiah and verses there that predict Jesus is coming. And we're looking at this uh, prophecy from Isaiah 9, uh, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And we saw this extraordinary truth that Jesus, the Son of God, comes and shares completely with us, identifies completely with our humanity and all our weakness, so that through his death, resurrection, uh, we can now share completely with him his divine glory. Amazing. The next phrase is that The government will be on his shoulders. Now, I'm going to uh, deal with that phrase later in the week um, when we talk about the increase of his government. We'll we'll deal with the whole issue of, of government, of Jesus's government. But I want to just look now at the various names that are mentioned here in this prophecy. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's take the first of these, wonderful counsellor. Uh, the two words actually really belong together. In the um, uh, in the authorised version, it seems that you know his name would be called wonderful counsellor as two distinct things. But really, the two words belong together, wonderful counsellor. Um, you've heard me say on these programmes a number of times that in Scripture there are only two counsellors. There's, there's not a, a counselling ministry. It's not one of the ministry gifts that God has given to the church. It's something that man has invented. Uh, there are two counsellors. There's the wonderful counsellor, Jesus, and then there's the Holy Spirit, who Jesus describes as another counsellor. He promised at the Last Supper that after he returned to heaven, he would ask the Father to pour out the Spirit of Truth and he described him as another counselor. And the word other there, or another, uh, means of exactly the same kind. There are there are two words in Greek that can be translated another. One means another of a different kind. Uh, and then there's this word, which is used here, allos, which means another of identically the same kind. So the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus, shares the same characteristics, the same um, uh, power and life as Jesus himself. So these are the two counselors. And Jesus, of course, is only going to be the wonderful counselor on earth for a limited period of time. But what he promised about the Holy Spirit, the other counselor, is that he would be with us forever. Uh, He wouldn't just be with us for a period of time and then taken away, like Jesus when he returned to heaven, uh, but the Holy Spirit would remain with us. Now, in what sense is Jesus the wonderful counselor? Well, a counselor is uh, literally someone who uh, acts on your behalf. He comes alongside you and gives you what it is you need. In the uh, New Testament, the Holy Spirit is uh, the advocate, the, the one who um, speaks for us, the one who helps us, the one who stands with us in whatever we're doing. And so Jesus is coming with all the wisdom of heaven to teach us, to stand with us, to be with us, to help us, to encourage us to speak on our behalf and to do on our behalf whatever is necessary so that we can receive the salvation that God wants to give us. It's a very close relationship. Yeah, very close relationship. But all those things, you see, are implicit in this word counselor. It's not that he's just coming to give advice. It doesn't mean that. It means he's coming to do for us, on our behalf, whatever is necessary in order to bring us back to God, to reconcile us to God. Uh, but he's the wonderful counselor. Um, nobody can compare with him. he is uh, He is a man, but he's not just a man. Uh, we as we know, the seed was put into Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit, because he needed to have these twin natures, fully God, uh, but fully man also. So Mary re- represents his human nature and the seed of the spirit within the womb of Mary his divine nature. So here is the man uh, who grows up sharing the weakness of our humanity and yet has the divine nature and is going to do on our behalf everything that is necessary so that... Uh, we can be reconciled to God, and as we were seeing yesterday, therefore we are able to participate in the divine nature in God's life. So Jesus accomplished everything that he was sent to do. And then, you see, we have this uh, description of him as mighty God. Now, here you see these twin natures, The humanity and the divinity. A little child, human, mighty God, divine. And so the amazing thing is that the might and the majesty of God was somehow contained within the weakness of a single human being. What we see in the ministry of Jesus is that might and power being expressed in various ways. Uh, It's expressed when he healed the sick, when he raised the dead. It's expressed when he performed miracles like walking on water and changing water into wine and feeding a multitude out of a little boy's picnic. It demonstrates that because he is mighty God as well as a human being, that he has the power over nature and over the laws of nature, over the creation that he brought into being. Remember, this man, Jesus, was the one who as the word of God was responsible for bringing all creation into being. By him, all things were made, It says in John chapter one, and without him was not anything made that has been made. So here we have this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, and yet he came as a child. It's interesting, really, because we can read these verses with a degree of hindsight. We can see how they were fulfilled. But I suppose in Isaiah's time when they were written, it must have been quite perplexing. Yes, and uh, as I was saying yesterday, um, Jesus was rejected by most of of the nation that he came to save. Um, Really, only a handful of people believed that he was the Messiah by the time of the crucifixion after the resurrection and the coming of the spirit then many thousands more became believers Um, because if you like the resurrection from the dead proved to them uh, beyond any doubt that he was the messiah remember it had never been known for anybody to be raised from the dead before that that was a totally new thing nobody had ever been seen uh, in a resurrection body after, after having died. Uh, this was really, really radical. People believed, of course, in heaven, like we believe in heaven today, but when your f- best friend dies or somebody close to you dies, you never expect to see them again in a body that you can touch and uh, a body that can eat and all the things that Jesus did with his disciples in his resurrection body. So that was of a totally different order. Uh, But the people that really believed and accepted him uh, before the cross were probably just a few hundred people. We know in his resurrection body he appeared to 500. Um, So, uh, you know, it was obvious that the people did not equate Jesus with these words. Uh, As I said yesterday, they were expecting a triumphant king. They weren't expecting a child born in obscurity, brought up in a little place like Nazareth, which is a real backwater. I mean, you know, Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Because what is Nazareth? It was a tiny village of about 200 people. Um, So how can the Messiah come from that kind of context? Uh, So, you know, there were all these things, if you like, going against uh, Jesus readily being accepted. And um, uh, as soon as you get into these prophetic scriptures, you see that everything that God had spoken to his people, remember these words were written about 700 years before Christ was born. So that proves that God had planned the whole thing. Uh, god knew that man would fall he was predicting the cross even through david in some of the psalms which were written a thousand years before the cross so you know clearly god who sees the end from the beginning is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the ending he saw or foresaw everything that he would do to bring man back to him and it's in the sending of this child that he initiates the whole process of salvation, which has now made it possible for us to be made one with God and to participate in that divine nature. So for all those who believe in Jesus, he is wonderful counselor and also mighty God. And let me just uh, make this absolutely clear that nobody can be a Christian unless they believe that Jesus Christ is 100% fully God, not less than God, not inferior to the Father, but equal with the Father, 100% God. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.